welcome back to the Writer's Nook podcast. I'm Hannah Bauman, editor and writing coach. And I'm Leah Davis, a fantasy and romance writer. We've talked about getting to your desk and doing the work and even how to avoid burning out. But today we're going to discuss what happens when you actually sit down to write. When we think of writing, we think of tapping the keys on the keyboard or the scratch of a pencil on paper. It's easy to assume that all you have to do is sit down and the words will come. But it's not as simple as that. Oh, I really wish it was. But, you know, everybody's different. Asking me to work like Leah does would cause a little bit of strife and problems in my process. Just like if you had her work like me for a day, that would not be easy either. Our rituals and processes are very different. And finding yours through a series of trial and error will help you write more efficiently. Today, we're talking a bit about this process of trial and error, including why your writing environment is important, how to figure out your writing ritual, and what to do if you just aren't in the right headspace. Sorry, we don't have some foolproof ritual for you. There will be things that you can grab that will get you into the right headspace. For my ghostwriting, I personally like to have an hour to drink my coffee before I head into the office with a blanket and some K-pop. Personal work happens after I put time between the two. I like to get out of the office with my laptop, but I still need music. Hannah, what's your favorite writing environment? I always make fresh coffee, usually espresso or some kind of latte before heading into my office, which is very cozy and has lots of different blankets to choose from. Even in the summertime, I always have a blanket. And I'm... I have one right now. Yeah, me too. Even as I'm recording a podcast, I have a blanket on my lap. Like, it's 95 degrees outside. You see, (laughs) it matters. And I'm also a big K-pop fan, mostly BTS, if you must know, and you probably do if you follow me on social media, (laughs) which I really like because I can't understand the words. Music in languages that I do speak actually distracts me from the task at hand, so I need something that's in a language that I don't speak at all. But I do leave the house to write sometimes. I know that the coffee shop is kind of this cliche staple among writers, And it's no different when I meet with my local writing group. We always meet up at, you know, like a Starbucks or a local place. And when I do that, I have to go when it's quiet. Otherwise, the number of people really distract me. Yeah, I have a hard time if there's anyone behind me to write in public. If the idea of anyone seeing my screen wigs me out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, don't look at what I'm writing, please. (laughs) Um, so I would say my office is definitely my most favorite and productive writing spot, but sometimes a change of scenery can help, especially if it's more of like a social writing group type of thing. And we've each crafted these practices through the years. You can figure out your best practices by keeping tabs on what you change and how it affects your writing. Take a look at when and where you're writing. Note your sound level and what kind of sound is around you, then see how that affects your word count. I personally cannot write without a window. I'm the kind of writer who types in bursts, then takes long breaks to stare at the window. I figured out that in the winter, I was able to see all the streetlights across the bridge in the old armory in town as well. This new apartment has views of the front lawn where everyone walks their adorable dogs. I love looking out my window and seeing dogs while I'm writing. I don't know why. Just something about it makes me happy. And it actually did not take me very long to figure out my writing ritual, mostly because I figured out kind of my workspace 
and environment when I was in university which, in grad school, which was not all that long ago. I've always had the self-discipline when it comes to getting work done in my office or my bedroom. You know, I don't have the issue of wanting Netflix most of the time. Some days I do have that, but you know, we all have days like that. I will say though that moving always throws a wrench in things. My fiance and I have moved a few times over the last four years and each time we move into a new apartment, I have to get like the energy of the room just right whenever we move. That probably sounds really like woo-woo to some of you, but I just need the room to feel a particular <laughs> way before I can start working in it. I don't know. I totally understand that. Uh, my husband was in the military when we got married. It's safe to say we moved around quite a bit. Each house in town were pretty different from one another. I needed some time to adjust to get the feeling from my surroundings and my new layout. Also, the sound and the accessibility for every room. I had my desk set up in three places before I finally realized that I needed a dedicated room for my work. It's okay to test out places to write and to move around. It's okay to change your decorations, to steal items from around the house to suit your needs. In the last house, I needed to steal a side table from elsewhere, just so the cats would have something else to sit on besides my desk and my keyboard. Unfortunately, in this move, we got rid of the table. I very much regret it. I need to get like a cat tree or something in this office. Yes, I'm sure for those of you listening who do have cats... You know exactly what we're talking about. Mine do exactly the same thing. <laughs> so I have this nice flat keyboard and it's beautiful and it's sleek. But in a corner is a power button for my computer. Oh no. And they've, they've, they've turned it off on me before. Oh geez. See, things like that are important to know when you're figuring out what you're going to write and what you're going to do. And when you're trying to figure out your writing environment, you need to take note of what does and doesn't distract you and start from there to make tweaks. You know, Leah talked about figuring out like sound levels and all of that. But for me, what's super important is that I cannot write if my office is messy at all. When I'm feeling distracted, it's usually because I need to tidy things up. And like I mentioned earlier, maybe your big distraction is having Netflix open in another tab, or maybe your favorite coffee shop is just too crowded. Maybe the kids only nap between 2 and 3 p.m., so you've got to figure out how to squeeze writing time in during that single quiet hour in the house. Now, in your best environment for writing makes putting your butt in the chair a heck of a lot easier, because let's face it, telling yourself to write and actually sitting down to do it are two very different things. I think we have all been there before. Once you have your space set up, then comes the dreaded task of actually writing. Just like space set up, everyone is going to work differently. In this line of work, I don't think I've come across two writers who have written the same way. In an interview I watched recently with V.E. Schwab, she admitted that she writes every line out of order. Not just scenes, but her lines and paragraphs, too. That's a style I've never heard of, but a good indication that you can work any way you need to. Yeah, wow. I don't know that I could write my sentences and paragraphs out of order, but I do write my scenes out of order. Don't be afraid to write non-linearly, to experiment, to overcome writer's block, to just follow your muse and see what happens. Discovering your writing process might seem clunky at first. 
No one knows exactly how to write a story when they first start. There will be an urge to write exactly how we see finished books, to insert full detail and make sure all dialogue tags have been added and every line is edited perfectly. And some do work like that. Others will try to write like that and find themselves struggling. Oh gosh, the expectation of perfection. To the writers who are struggling with it, please cut yourself some slack. I say this because I have to continually remind myself of this, and I've been in the industry for a while. I'm a freaking writing coach, and I still have to remind myself periodically that drafts are allowed to be messy and imperfect. I think it's a lesson that most of us never permanently learn, but it's definitely worth, you know, checking in and telling yourself that. And with that in mind, remember that every single draft and every single project is going to start out as this mucky, messy thing that you have to polish up later. No matter your specific process, that is a universal truth for all writers of all skill levels. You might be the kind of writer who needs to leave blanks for proper names so that you can keep your writing momentum until you figure out the best name at a later time. Or you could be the kind of writer who needs those names figured out or your writing comes to a halt. Monitor your needs. What grinds your writing to a halt? Find a way to mark your blanks so you can come back to them. Or have a handy file full of cool names to use so you don't slow down. Tracking yourself lets you see small ways to better help yourself as you write like downloading web browsing limiters, you know, for your Twitter breaks. (laughs) There are apps that block certain websites and apps that help you focus. So Leah, how did you discover your writing process? So I started pretty young, I'll be honest. And at that age, I, I wasn't writing full books. When I was starting out, I wrote a lot of small scenes that basically led nowhere. I wrote characters I thought of, scenes that came to me, ideas I wanted to work with. By writing through these pieces that went nowhere, I allowed myself a lot of freedom to mess up and figure out my style. I didn't worry about completing the best thing or possible publication, because these were just ideas, single pages. I figured out my set and style in my favorite genres and tropes through that. How about you? I also started when I was really young. Actually, it was second grade. My teacher, who was named Miss Hannah, gave me a rainbow tie-dye-covered spiral-bound notebook and said, you finish your classwork too early, please write some stories. That's adorable. Yeah, it was basically to just keep me busy. But, you know, look at me now. It sparked a lifelong love of writing. And back then, it was all about imagination. Like, one of the first stories I wrote was about a mouse who lived with George Washington, Uh, yeah, I don't really know why, but (laughs) as I got older, I began to stress about like, oh my gosh, I have to do like plotting and character development and all this stuff that I learned about as I read more and, you know, took more advanced classes in school. Um, but it wasn't until I decided that I just wanted to write for fun again, that I actually got back to experimenting and figuring things out. And that was probably late high school. And I'm kind of like you in that I had to write single scenes to figure things out for myself. And I still do that, actually, when I have a new story idea. I just write whatever scene comes to me and see what happens. Sometimes it takes me to a new place, like my Celestial Witch Novel Project you might see me tweeting about. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it goes nowhere. And those scenes just go in a folder for revisiting at a later time. But once I figure out if the idea is going somewhere, then I have to sit down and organize all the detail names, 
details, excuse me, like character names and subplot and setting and all that good stuff. So when you find yourself feeling stuck or unsure about your process, or even just one project, just try kind of experimenting and see what happens. Yes. Attempt a series of writing exercises to find your style. A simple exercise might be to write a page of dialogue with no tags whatsoever, then retroactively add motion, action, and your other tags. Another I like is called stream of consciousness writing, writing in the mind of a specific character, without pause or hesitation. This can open doors into your character's thought patterns and desires. If you want more resources or more in-depth exercises, there are a number of good books out there with great writing exercises. My personal favorite is the 3 a.m. epiphany. It breaks parts of writing and storytelling down into actionable exercises that can help you learn how to tell stories and discover your process. And one of my favorite writing exercises is actually just a simple writing sprint. Maybe you've seen other writers talking about them online, but they are essentially a short set amount of time where you write as much as you can without any self-editing or rereading what you've done. I personally find that working against the clock like that makes me ignore that perfectionist itch that I get and that editorial itch, which then allows me to actually just focus on my writing. And if I know what scene I want to write, a 20-minute writing sprint can yield over a thousand words regularly for me. Um, I don't know, just something about it really helps me focus. I suggest everyone gives it a shot. It's worth a try. We can't say that we're experts in different drafting styles, for we each have found our own and stuck with it. That said, there are several recognized styles of drafting that range anywhere from near script writing to a more finished product style. Script or skeleton drafting is bare minimum. Little time is left to focus on the particulars. Dialogue, ideas, and simple actions are noted. Obviously, this isn't the end. In revision stages, more detailed writing is built upon the skeleton. And if you want more information on drafting, go back and listen to episode six from first draft to revisions after this episode to hear more about the drafting process. And no matter how you decide to organize that drafting process, it's important to do what feels right for you and what works for you. You can read all kinds of theories about story crafting and process and listen to a bajillion other podcasts, but at the end of the day, your process has to actually work for you. And we've said it before, but we will say it again because it always bears repeating, what works for one writer does not necessarily work for another. And there will be days where your head just isn't in the game. You will find yourself dreading sitting down, scrubbing the cabinets, or completely forgetting words, which I do a lot. I personally have days where words become very difficult. My fingers can't find the right keys or I horribly misspell words that I'm extremely familiar with. (laughs) Sure is one that I've misspelled. I've butchered it pretty dang hard. Okay, it happens to the best of us. Sometimes this means you need to take a day off. But you can't set it aside until you're back in the mood or you might never want to get back to it. That's why it is important to actually like plan to take time and space away from your project. Because at the end of the day, it's really all well and good to say that you need to sit your butt down in your chair and write. But if you aren't in a good headspace or environment for creating, it is okay. It happens to everyone. Maybe your apartment flooded. Yes, that happened to me last year. Or maybe you just don't have the brain power to form story arcs one day. That also happens to me a lot because of, you know, my day job as an editor. Uh, My brain just gets storied out. 
And we talked about this a little more in episode seven, how to be productive without burning out, but it bears repeating once again. You do not have to write every day to be a writer and producing should not be the only reason that you write. Absolutely. Go back and listen to episode seven if you're feeling burned out in any way, or if it's something you struggle with periodically. But even if you aren't burnt out, sometimes writing just doesn't happen. There are other ways to work on your draft without actually writing on a computer. For example, you could take out a notebook and simply jot down ideas. That's part of the drafting process. You have to have ideas to write. If you find that even working on your ideas isn't going to happen, then recognize that part of your process is also taking a step back. I think that's true for every writer and every project, but taking a step back comes at different times for different people. If you follow me on social media, you've probably seen me talking about my new adult fantasy project, but I just need a break from the damn thing. I'm hitting my third round of revisions and I'm kind of like stumbling over what I've been doing. And I know that I am not in the right headspace to work on it right now. So it's, it's on hiatus for a little bit. Sometimes it's not even that you need a break from writing, but from a project. When this happens, you can always work on something else, whether it's a novel or a short story or a blog post. There's no shame in taking a step back from things to think and gain new perspectives. Hopefully this episode gives you a better idea of how you can discover your own writing process, or if you're a veteran writer, how you might make some adjustments to your workflow. While process is important, don't forget that it can change over time or from project to project. Writing is about being adaptable and going with the flow. So Leah, do you have any listener mail for us today? I do. This one is from Dina. She asked, what are your biggest frustrations with social media? Ooh, that's a good question. It's just a time suck for me. It is a time suck. I think for me, one of the big frustrations, not only the time suck, like you have to, you know, keep on it in order to like see any progress, which can be important, you know, having a platform, but also all the algorithm changes all the time. Like, let me catch up for five seconds before you change it again, you know? Algorithm changes, layout changes. Yeah, I mean, change can be fine, but changing it as often as they do kind of throws a wrench in my plans and my and my process for social media growth. Like, geez louise. I think that's that's another topic for another day, though. Social media for writers. That could be a good one to go into. Definitely. I think that could... Um be a nice lengthy one yeah really i think that's all we have for you guys today i think so too and if you want to write in with your own listener question reach out to us on social media or by email at podcast at btleditorial.com see you all next time Thanks to purpleplanetmusic.com at www.purple-planet.com for our intro and outro music.